And if you're watching online, I know we're in this kind of weird moment where we're still online and here. And so if you're watching online, I'm, I'm thankful that you're with us. And, and uh, you know, I just want to engage today in the Word of God and, and just lean into the, to what the Lord says to us today. And, and it's kind of fun because uh, this, uh, Eric and I were talking, this is the first day that we've ever, I've ever preached after he led worship. So it's kind of fun. Uh, so I'm, I was, it's kind of a meaningful day today uh, to, that, to have that experience. But I, I'm grateful today. You know, I'm, I'm amazed at the gospel message. One of the things that captivates me as a, um, as a pastor is, are the faces of people as the message of the gospel is shared. And um, most of the time, people in church, they'll come to church and they'll expect that me to, uh, and I've been here constantly when, and share the gospel, and people expect that. But it's, it's particularly cool to watch people's faces when the gospel is shared in a setting that they don't expect it. And, and it's, it's uh, I mean, I'm always intrigued at that. I, uh, this, this weekend, uh, the ambassadors, I'm wearing my ambassador shirt today, uh, the ambassadors uh, hosted, we hosted a wood bat tournament in Oklahoma City. And uh, on Friday night, um, I got to go catch up with them. And, and, uh, and, and so I, I watched our guys share the gospel on the baseball field on Friday night. And it was, a, it was a great game. It was such a cool moment to be there. We, we uh, played this team from Colorado. And Kobe, is Kobe, is Kobe over there? Uh, sorry, Kobe. I, I mean, this is a great, it was a great baseball game. And uh, um, the score, we were down two to one um, in the seventh inning. And, and we were up one to nothing the whole time. And this like six, three monster guy with like super cool hair. Uh, uh, he gets up and he just hits a absolute bomb, straight dead center. And it just is like one of those moments on a wood bat, the sound of a wood bat when it's like right on the meat of the bat. You're like, ooh, that sounded really good. And it went a long ways. And, um, and so they, they, they were up two to one. But in, this, in the bottom of the seventh, last inning, where there's two outs, it's a full count, and Kobe Gurrell is up to bat. He's sitting right over here. And let me tell you something. Kobe is a senior. He just graduated from Collinsville. He's a catcher, and he's really good. And he's, he's a guy you want up to bat when you're down two to one, and it's bases loaded, and it's a full count. And if, I'm, if I remember this right, uh, full count pitch comes right across. Kobe fouls it off. Then the next pitch, I mean, the pressure of the moment. I mean, if you're a baseball person, you're like, this is a cool baseball moment. Because a base hit wins the game, uh, and Kobe's up, okay? And, and he just got under it. And, and the, the center fielder, uh, he caught it. And, uh, and we lost two to one. But Kobe, it happens to everybody, man. Uh, it's okay. You, you played really well that day. You also had a double, so he played really well. I just threw him, totally threw him under the bus. Um, but uh, so if you're watching online, this is a great moment right now in this room. Um, but you know, afterwards, they said, to, as, they, as they're doing the COVID pass by, the weird COVID pass by on a baseball field, they said, hey, can we, can we talk to you guys? And that team said, sure. And we gathered close to the pitcher's mound, and one of our players named Gus Bloyer, uh, he shares the gospel on the baseball field. 
And I, and I the, the, the long-haired guy that hit the home run, I was particularly watching his face. And it, it, it captivates me. As the gospel is being shared in this moment after a sweaty baseball game, a, a great baseball game, a hard-fought baseball game with incredible plays, and, and we have this moment with God on a baseball field. And, and you know, it's amazing to see the gospel being shared. And here's what I'm constantly amazed about is how, how the gospel, it's powerful. The gospel connects with people. Like when people hear about Jesus, the, the name of Jesus is powerful and, and the message of the gospel is captivating. And, and I don't want us to be, fall, to fall into this modern society that we, you know, we are, we know stuff. We've figured out the internet and things like that. So, so we don't need the gospel. Let me tell you something. The gospel is powerful and God is at work in the lives of people. And, and, and you know, it's interesting as, as we've looked at this, we read this passage already about, about these two men that were absolutely changed by the gospel. And it's amazing to me that the master of this whole place, the master of this world, the, the, the king of all kings, the, 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 the one who spoke creation into existence, he loves you and me so much that he came and he revealed himself to us. He, he let us know who he is and what he's like. And, and he came to this earth and, and Jesus, he, he, God in the flesh, he lived this life that people that saw him thought, man, who are you? Who is this guy? No one can do what you do unless it was you were from God. In fact, uh, look at John 19. And, and, it's, and let's understand where this is. John is the writer in John 19. And, 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 and you've got to recognize what just happened. I mean, in, in this passage that we read, Jesus had just said, it is finished. He was on the cross. And, and he died. And, and remember that moment on the cross? Remember what happened is, as the cross, uh, uh, Jesus was on the cross, those, those thieves that were on each side of Jesus, one of them said, hey, look, if you're God, why don't you let us off the cross? Come on, get us down from here. And the other guy was like, hey, man, be quiet. Man, this, he's innocent. We're guilty. Jesus, would you remember me? And remember what Jesus said? He goes, today you'll be with me in paradise. Remember that? And, and then on the cross, he, he ends up, he, he cries out, it is finished. And he gave up his spirit. You remember what happened? The, the, there was darkness over the land and, and the earthquake happened in the, temple, in the temple. The curtain was ripped from top to bottom. This was a big moment that the world, the earth could not stay silent at this moment. The earth said, oh my goodness, this is monumental. And it's interesting when you think about the gospel, all of history before this moment of Jesus all of history was looking forward to this moment of the cross. And now here we are 2,000 years later, we're looking backwards on this moment of the cross and it proves to be a monumental moment in our lives. Man, this is big. And after he died, the Bible mentions, John mentions after these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. When you think about Joseph of Arimathea, 
He was, he was a disciple of Jesus. He believed in Jesus. He, he followed Jesus, but, but he was secret about it. He, he, was, he was quiet about it. He didn't want people to know he was afraid. And this was a moment that Joseph of Arimathea, he, he says, wait, I'm not afraid anymore. I want to take his body. And you know, a couple years ago, we went to Israel. I mean, I remember, oh my goodness, we, we were there when they were at the place that they think that Jesus was crucified. And I know we sing that famous song, on a hill far away, stood an old rugged cross. You know, actually, it wasn't far away. Uh, that, 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 that song is actually inaccurate because in, it was actually close to the road. It wasn't distance. It was right there by the road. And, and, and you know, it's interesting as you think about the moment of the cross that, that we, we saw a tomb that it, we don't think it was the exact tomb that Jesus was put in, but, but it was a tomb like it. And we walked into this tomb and we're like, oh my goodness, this was what it was likely like. And, and, and Joseph of Arimathea was, was in this moment was so big because he, he was a, he was a, a, a wealthy man, a, a learned man. And Verse 39 says, Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes and about 75 pounds in weight. Verse 40, so Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, these are guys that we've heard about. I want to think about those two guys today. I want us to consider the, what, what, what we're learning from these two guys today, what they do in verse 40. They took the body of Jesus, bound it in linen cloths with spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and a garden, in the garden a new tomb, which no one had yet been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. Now, in this moment, there was no doubt that Jesus was dead. He was dead. They'd watched him die. And at this moment, it was only one disciple and then the Marys uh, that were with Jesus. Everybody else had bailed. They'd taken, taken off. And, and Jesus had died. And in these two men, they, they, one of the things that they, we, we know about these two men is they, 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 had, they were disciples of Jesus. Now, now, this is their moment where they're letting the world know, wait, I'm a disciple of Christ. And this is a big moment. Look back at verse 38. Now, uh, being a disciple, but a secret one for fear of the Jews, Joseph of Arimathea boldly says to Pilate, hey, I want the body. And Pilate just said, okay, whatever, Give him, gave him permission. So he came and took it away. Now, we don't know how this played out. We don't know if Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus went together. We really don't know how it, how it uh, went. But, but what you see in, these, in this passage is these two guys were like, hey, look, I am no longer going to be quiet about Christ. Now, all four Gospels mention Joseph of Arimathea. Now, he was, he was very important. Uh, when you think about this leader, he was a very important leader among Jewish religious leaders. Matthew tells us that he was wealthy. Mark says that he was a member of the Sanhedrin council and was waiting for the kingdom of God. Um, Luke tells us that he didn't vote with the other Jewish leaders to condemn Jesus to death. And, and think about this moment. The tension with the Jews, it's really, really high. And he goes to, to, to Pilate and says, I want his body. It's a big moment. That's what John talks about. Now, Nicodemus, verse 39, says, he was the one that first came at night. Uh, and, and now, this, this is 
I think the same is true for Nicodemus. Now, we first hear about Nicodemus in John chapter 3. Turn over to John chapter 3 real quick. Because in John 3, Nicodemus is mentioned, and this is the famous chapter. Now, most of us know this chapter. We've heard of this chapter. I mean, arguably, the, the most famous verse of Scripture is in this chapter. Because, because this, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, in this moment, I don't, Nicodemus is curious. He comes to Jesus at night, and he's like, Jesus, okay, wait a minute. Who are you? You have to be from God, John 3 talks about. You got to be from God, because no one can do what you do unless you're from God. And, and he's curious, and then Jesus makes that controversial statement that, that, is, that is actually echoed through history. Uh, this controversial reality that, that he said, you must be born again. And I would say to you, that's the greatest need of mankind, to be born again. And, and if you are not born again, then, then there's no hope for you, I believe, in this life or the life to come. I, I believe life begins at being born again. And, and Nicodemus was confused at this. He was like, oh, do I enter again in my mother's womb? And, and he has this dialogue with Jesus. And, and Jesus is like, no, come on, Nicodemus. You, you should know these things. You should know the, the importance of being born of the spirit, not just the flesh. You see, there's a spiritual reality to life that so many people miss. So many people live their life with the, with the thought that everything is just physical. Everything is just this world. And folks, there is a spiritual reality of life. There are spiritual battles going on. And, and we as a church are in a spiritual battle. And I, I can't wait to, for heaven to, to just really get the, get the picture of the full spiritual battle. I mean, there are things going on that, that, that will be so fascinating to learn about that God just doesn't let us see fully right now. But here's the reality. There's a, there's a spiritual dimension of life. This is what Jesus pointed Nicodemus to. And this is why I don't want you to come to this church and ignore the spiritual, ignore what God is doing, and to miss the fact that, that God's Spirit is here. And, and God's Spirit is working. and God is at work in the world. And so often we, we, we just overlook that. And I don't want us to. And John, you know, Nicodemus has this famous conversation and... and and, and, and Nicodemus is struggling. Why? Because he's like, he, he was a Pharisee. He, he, was a, he was a religious guy. He was a teacher of the law. And, and he was understanding that, look, I do all these good things. And see, he was blinded by his own works, his own efforts. And, and here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to really, really believe that if I come to church, I'm going to go to heaven. Or if I, if I if I'm do more good than bad, I'll go to heaven. So many people believe that. And on Friday, we tried to help this baseball team understand that, look, um, you need a Savior. You need a Savior. I needed a Savior. And Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, they, they came to, they, they believed that the Savior was coming, but they needed a Savior. And they came to know him. And, and he was, but he struggled. In, in John 3, he's blinded by, by his works. You see him again, John chapter 7. Flip over there real quick. John chapter 7, Nicodemus, he's in this interesting moment as Jesus is standing for, before these, uh, this, this council. And, and, he, uh, uh, and, and Nicodemus gets jumped on here. 
in John chapter 7 because uh, Jesus, Nicodemus says we got to look into whether this, the Messiah can really come from Galilee, verse 50 through 52 in John 7. And, and you know what I think happened? I think Nicodemus started looking into it. I think Nicodemus, starting from John 3, we, we don't really know Joseph of Arimathea's track. You can kind of uh, get some insight into the track of Nicodemus because you see him coming at G, to Jesus at night, and he's curious. He's investigating. In John 7, Nicodemus is continuing to kind of go, i got to look into this. I want to look into whether or not Jesus really is who he said he is. And then you see in John 19, Nicodemus saying, he is my savior. And it's a cool progression. And so it, it's, it's fascinating. And, I, and here's what I believe, and I think it's important for us to understand and, and, and to say out loud. And point number one is this. And, and I think Nicodemus came to this understanding, being a learned man, an, an educated man, someone that's, that's able to think. But, but, but I want you to recognize this, that following Jesus is intellectually you know, we live in a world that looks at us as Christians and go, oh, you mean you follow Jesus? I guess you just are, you just have blind faith. No, I have a, we have reasons for the hope that we have. In fact, you know, we got to recognize 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16. You know that verse, in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior may be ashamed of their slander. See, see, we as Christians, we, we've got to recognize that there's a reason for our hope. And it's interesting that, that I think that we get criticized sometimes, especially as our kids go to college, and, and we've got to help our students and children and, and be able to articulate reasons for the hope that they have. Look, there's a, we don't have to check our brain at the door to follow Jesus. And it's intellectually credible. And I think Joseph of Arimathea and, and, and these guys, they, and, and Nicodemus, um, this is big. Verse 42 is big. Therefore, because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. They, they, uh, you know, they watched Jesus die. But I think Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, they were also understanding these prophecies that spoke about Jesus. They also understood Isaac and, the, and, 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 and Abraham and Isaac and these, these realizations that Jesus had to die. Isaiah. Isaiah 53, these prophets, and they spoke. And, and they recognized. I think these were two men that recognized, God, I trust you. I trust you here. They laid him in that tomb that no one had ever uh, been laid before, just like the prophets had said. You see, here's the reality. And I want us to recognize this. 2,000 years ago, Jesus claimed to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. Jesus did that. He brought the kingdom of heaven right here. God in the flesh, he, he is working. 
And he brought the kingdom of heaven here, and you and I can, can experience the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. And that's why it's important to recognize the power of God with the gospel. And on Friday, we just duked it out with this baseball team. I didn't, I just watched. But Kobe duked it out with this baseball team. And then God moved on a baseball field in a powerful way. Folks, the gospel is powerful. Jesus brought the kingdom of heaven to earth. And that's why we can pray and seek the Lord. And this is why the Holy Spirit is at work. We, we pay attention to the Lord. We recognize the power of his word. And see, when you look at Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, they were a part of these, of these large numbers of people. Who, who believed in Jesus all at once after they saw his miracles. Nicodemus saw his miracles, and he was like, who are you? You've got to be from God. No one can do what you, what you do. And I would, I would argue that if you are doubting Jesus or you're questioning him, look deeply at what he did. Look deeply at how he lived. Because he was, this was a moment in history, a moment in time. And there's tons of records. Dig into them, and what you'll discover is that Jesus is who he says he is. See, they were part of these people that witnessed him. Uh, he convinced those that were closest to him that he was God. This is one of the reasons that I believe in Jesus. These, we're going to look next week at James, Jesus' brother. Oh, my goodness, his life was changed by, by Christ, by his brother. And, and Nicodemus interacted with him, and he was convinced that he was God. Joseph of Arimathea interacted with him. He was convinced that he was God. Folks, there were people that, that give testimony after testimony that Jesus was God. They gave their lives for it. You know what? You know why they were so passionate about it? Because after he died, hundreds of people confessed that they saw him alive. Folks, Jesus conquered the grave. It's like when I was, our, our, our guide in Israel, Shlomi, he was our guide. He was a, he's Jewish, but he's not a believer. And, and, you know, they tell you, don't witness to the guides, you know, because all these people try, you know, and we all want to be witnesses. But Shlomi and I had a little moment just together, and he was, we were just talking about all these sites that we were seeing, and I said, well, Shlomi, the resurrection of Christ, if that really happened, that's a big deal, right? That's a big deal. Because we've all known people who have died. Jesus conquered the grave. They saw him alive. Folks, let me tell you something. It is intellectually credible to believe in Jesus. You do not have to check your brain at the door. And that's what I love about Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea. These were learned men. These were philosophers. These were guys that were theologians. They understood the law. They understood uh, history. And their lives were changed. Let me tell you something. It is intellectually credible to believe in Jesus. And don't let anybody tell you it's not. And if you are doubting whether or not Jesus is who he says he is, I just ask you to go dig into the evidence because it's overwhelming. Historically, it overwhelmingly points to the fact that Jesus is who he says he is. 
It's intellectually credible. But you know what else I have? I believe Joseph of Arimathea, Nicodemus, and us. We also understand that following Jesus is experientially satisfying. Here's what I mean by that. That it makes sense. It works. That following Jesus is, is, leads you to a life of, of stability, of hope. And, and here's what I, what I know about following Jesus, that when you follow Jesus, there's hope in this life. And, then, and one of the things I look at this situation that we're in that is so absolutely crazy, that we don't know whether to wear a mask, whether or not wear a mask. We probably should wear a mask. Um, and and we, we're sitting here going, okay, when are we going to be back to normal? What is normal? What's going to be the new normal? Are we going to die? And, and, I, and, and, and the answer to are we going to die is yes, we are. But, but it's interesting as I process this moment in history that we're in. I mean, goodness gracious, I, I went to the grocery store uh, yesterday. And, and, and I'm at the grocery store and I, I almost got too close to somebody and they were like, oh no. You're too close to me. And I was like, oh, no, I know. And, uh, and, and, and it's like, oh, my goodness, this fear is just ridiculous. And as Christians, you know, we should be smart. We shouldn't be foolish. But, but let me tell you something. Because of Christ, there's, there's, there's hope in this life. One of the things that this has revealed with us is the is the is the weakness of human philosophy. The, the instability of, of, of man's efforts. We need the Lord. And folks, let me tell you something. Because of Jesus, there's hope in this life. Ephesians 1.19, this is a really cool verse. It says this, What is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe? But Ephesians 1, 19 talks about that there is surpassing power to those of us who believe. And let me tell you something. When you follow Jesus, it, 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 there is power in this life. There is strength in this life. Now, now that doesn't mean we're going to be without difficulty. Because the ambassadors, if you know that story, for me, it was, it was built out of this, this tragic death of Justin Sullivan. When he died in 2002, and I'll never forget June 3rd, 2002, ever. And then by 2007, after grieving for years, we've rec- we recognized, oh my goodness, we have a platform with baseball that we can tell people about Jesus. And you know what I long for heaven? that I get to, I'll get to see Justin again, and, and I'll get to say, dude, can you believe all the people that heard about you, about, about Christ, because of your death? Justin, can you believe that how many people came to Jesus because of your death at 18? I'll be honest with you. I don't understand the, the, all the intricacies of life and death, but here's what I've learned, that God sees us. In the midst of all of it, God has moved, and God gives us strength in life. Yeah, there are curveballs that are tough to hit. There are challenges we face. But let me tell you something. God gives us power. God gives us strength. God is, is with us. Christy Knuckles is saying in our wedding, and, and she is an incredible modern-day hymn writer. And she wrote one of my, our, she wrote my, my favorite song. It's called How Big You Are. You never heard it, probably. 
And it goes this, how big you are. A voice could never tell. Earthly eyes could never see all that you can be. And yet you take the time to walk me through the chaos of my life. Your grace overwhelms me. God, how big you are. And I am so thankful that I get to serve and I get to know the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, who helps me in my weaknesses. He strengthens me when I'm, when I'm weak. He, he lifts my head when I'm down. He walks me through life. And see, that's what Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus said, you know what, I don't care. I'm not going to be secret anymore. I'm going to follow, I'm a follower of Christ. And their lives were changed. And when I think about the hope that Christ brings us, I want you to know that if you follow Jesus, there is hope in life. You know what else about following Jesus? There's no fear in death. When you follow Jesus, you don't have to be afraid of death. Now, none of us want to check out tomorrow. I don't want to. I want to be married to a grandma someday. Uh, that's my wife. And we don't have grandkids yet. But someday, I'd love to see them. But folks, let me tell you something. There is no fear in death. And that's what Jesus brings to us. That's the hope he brings to us. And, 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 and I'm encouraged today to recognize that, 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 that Christ it brings us no fear in death. Last night, my wife and daughter were on a, were on a, were on a trip. And about 10, 10 o'clock, they both walked in the door and said, ah, oh, I'm home. You ever had that feeling? You know, when you're on a trip and, and you're, you're like, I just want to be home. And, and you finally get home and you, you maybe sit on your couch or in your favorite chair or, or hit your bed and go, oh, I'm home. I'm home you realize that the day you draw your last breath as a follower of Christ, that's the moment that you go, I'm home. I'm home. But yet sometimes on this side of eternity, we get so fearful about death. And you know, when I think about what the world needs to know, why God has put us here in the times that, I mean, I've, I've processed, we were processing this this week with our staff that this is one of the most stressful times I've ever known in ministry. But yet, the more I keep wrestling through my stress, I keep recognizing, God, you're with us and you're preparing us and you're walking, walking with us. You're not abandoning us. You're, you're preparing us. You've called us to this moment that, that we are to be a church that overflows with hope, that, that, that people need Christ. And God has entrusted us to these days, to this moment in this place to point the world to Jesus. And this is why this series called The Gospel Adventure, I don't want you to miss this gospel adventure that God has invited us to. And so often we have been too quiet about sharing our faith. In this moment with Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, they, they have this moment. They say, look, I'm going to tell you I'm a follower of Jesus. I watched Kobe Gorell and the ambassadors on Friday just pass those teammates, those opponents, and say, can I talk to you? 
And those opponents said, sure. You know, the ambassadors in, in 11 years or 12 years of baseball, 55 games a summer, give or take, and, and, and after every game, we say the same thing to our opponents, can we share with you? And in, in, since 2008, 55 games a summer, a summer, there's been seven teams that have said, we don't want to talk to you. Seven. The rest of the team said, sure, I'll talk to you. You know how easy it is to look at our neighbor and go, hey, can I share with you? Your person that works next to you, hey, can I, can I talk to you about something? Family member, hey, can I, can I tell you about Jesus? Can I, can I talk to you about something that's impacted my life? It's amazing how people will go, sure. But yet we're so afraid. I want you to recognize there's, how can we not embrace this gospel adventure? When we follow Jesus, there's hope in life. There's no fear in death. This is the power of Christ, like the song says, the power of Christ in me. I want you to look back at John 7. Look back at John 7, verse 50 and 51. I want you to see this. As we wrap up today, John 7, verse 50 and 51. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and who was one of their own number, asked, does our law condemn a man without first hearing him? to find out what he's been doing. To me, that's so cool. And I want to ask you, learn, learn from the heart of this seeker. Because at this moment, I think in Nicodemus' life, he's a seeker of God. And he's like, look, I want to look and see if he is who he said he is. By C.S. Lewis's statement was so poignant that, that you have to look at the claims of Christ. Because when you look at the claims of Christ, this claim is so big that he, he's God in the flesh. The, the resurrection is so big, it's such a big moment in history that if you are not a follower of Jesus today, you ought to look deeply and discover if it happened. Now, several years ago, I got to host Lee Strobel. You know who Lee Strobel is? He wrote the book, The Case for Christ. He spoke with our, at our evangelism conference, and they said, hey, you want to drive him around? I said, yes, I want to drive him around. And so we, I, I got to drive him around Oklahoma City and, and host him in, at our evangelism conference. And his story's so cool. He was a reporter and a lawyer background, and he worked at the, I think, Chicago Tribune, big, some big paper in Chicago, and he was not a believer. He was actually like, these Christians, they're idiots. And he goes, you know what? I'm going to prove it all wrong. And so he got his lawyer hat on and started investigating the evidence, and he started digging into the, the, the claims of Christ. And there was a moment that he sat there and thought, oh, my goodness. I think he's God. 
and it transformed, and God transformed his life. So if you're here today, I, I, and, and you're not a follower of Jesus, can I just say to you, look at the claims of Christ. You know, it's such a weird time. It's weird to have an invitation at church. Do I wear a mask when I have an invitation? I don't know. Are people going to come down and go, okay, don't spit on me? I don't know. But in spite of all those things, in spite of being online or in the room, God's at work. So if you're online watching and God is speaking to you, if you'll just type, would someone talk to me? I need to talk to somebody. We'll connect with you. And I know that's bold, and, but you know what? It's a barrier that we're just having to confront. So would you, I just want to invite you to do that. And I pray that you let the, the Holy Spirit move you to overcome those barriers if you're watching online. Now, if you're in this room, here's what I want to ask you to do. Now, first of all, before I ask you to do this, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to ask you to come and down front. I'm not trying to manipulate you in any way. But just maybe there's someone here that, that you're at this moment that you maybe are intrigued by Jesus, but as of this moment, he's not your Savior. You see, Nicodemus and Joseph Arimathea, they were saying, he's my Savior. Is he your Savior? And maybe you're here today and you're like, you know what? He's not. I'm, I promise you I won't embarrass you. But I want to ask every one of you to bow your head and close your eyes. Now, as you bow your head and close your eyes, if you'll let me be the only one looking around. If you're online, if you'll just type, I need to talk to somebody. We'll connect with you. We have people ready to connect with you. But if you're in this room and you would say, you know what? I've never trusted Christ as my Savior, but God is speaking to me right now. Would you do me a favor and look at me? There was one in the last service, but I want to make sure I make eye contact with you. So make sure I see you. Is there anybody that would say, you know what? God's speaking to my heart right now. I need to be born again. Is there anybody? And if I'm missing you, I want you to raise your, get my attention. I'm the only one looking around. I don't see any eyeballs right now unless I'm missing you. For everyone that knows Christ, the world needs to know the hope that God brings to us in this life. This world needs to recognize there is no fear in death, all because of the resurrection 
of Christ. Let's get on this gospel adventure. And let's speak up about our Savior. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to we're going to wrap up with just a closing song. But allow the Lord to move you. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for the hope that you have brought to us in this life. The, the fact that you have taken the sting out of death. And I pray that we would be witnesses for you. Father, I pray that we'd be bold and we would embrace this gospel adventure to be, to follow you. Lord, we love you and we need you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.